loud voice but not that loud <laughs> Woo, okay today we are going to be talking about the fight of faith it's going to be really awesome those are my hands are already sweaty wow okay it's going to be super fun and uh i really really believe that there's going to be some uh impartation today along with some fun so it's going to be good Let's see what Cameron has prepared for me today. Okay. <laughs> well, it is Father's Day, so I wanted to open up with a couple of my favorite dad jokes. Particularly, particularly, oh, I'm still huffing from my pretty cool entrance, okay. <laughs> and I lied on my weight, I'll just be honest, okay. Um, anyway. <laughs> Um, my grandpa was the ultimate um, dad joke giver. He passed away um, almost two years ago now. And he was a real influence in my life, in my faith, and my humor. So uh, two of his favorite jokes that he um, said to me were, um, why did the opossum fall into the well? Because in, he couldn't see that well. And then the other joke that he said that was on his deathbed, my grandpa was so genuine, so thoroughly himself, that the things that he was doing while he was dying was prophesying over people and telling jokes. <laughs> and the very last joke that he told me, it's just not funny, but it's the best because my grandpa told me while he's dying, <laughs> So you get to hear it today. Uh, why did the tiger spit the clown out of his mouth? Because he tasted funny. <laughs> so should I leave this on? Do I look weird with it? I don't know. Okay. I'm going to keep up the, the stuff. So the fight of faith, you guys, this has been something that it was. Um, I've been a worship leader for 25 years. Some of you might be surprised that I'm even that old <laughs> or surprised that I'm not better than I am. So either way, you know, we can go that direction. But as I began to prepare, what did I do? I sat down at the piano and worshiped because that's where my 
connection from God comes with my personal prayer and, and time. So I just sat down at the piano and I felt a specific impartation from heaven for faith for you guys today in this church and in this community. And I began to see the church doing awesome things. I began to see the church activated. I began to see people in their homes activated. And not only in that, but began to fight for that faith that's rightfully ours. And so I want to just talk about this. First Timothy 6.12, it says, Fight the good fight for the true faith. Hold tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you, which you have declared so well before many witnesses. I also like the Amplified, just to get like a little teacher hat on for a second. The Amplified version says, fight the good fight of faith in the conflict with evil. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and for which you were made, which you made the good confession of faith in the presence of many witnesses. So when we're in our day, there's evil, there's things that come against us that try and steal that, try and steal that from us. And we really have to fight and declare what that is, why we are going to have it. So today, Lord, I just pray that there'll be impartation today as we dive into your word. Revelation would come. You would take the cover off and there would just be enlightenment. There would just be an understanding of who you are and what you want to do in our life today. Thank you, Jesus. So as we dive in today, let's establish what faith is. Let's use the word of God and just establish what faith is first and why we're going to fight for it. I said, just take that out. Okay. I tell you, I can leave a full worship set with one of those in my mouth. Y'all would never know. Okay. Um, so in Romans or Ephesians 2, 8, it says, we received that gift upon our salvation. Oh, I'm sorry. That's my note. Okay, here's the verse. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is a gift from God. So it's a gift from God. Upon it. When we receive Jesus, he gives us that gift. In Romans 12, 3, it talks about a measure of faith that God assigns to each of you. So it's something that God just establishes. You call on the name of the Lord. You believe in him. You confess and then you have your salvation experience, and then you've been given a gift, a measure of faith to each and every one of you. Today, I want you to open that gift. Today, I want you to access that gift of faith, and I want you to begin to not only open it, but apply it to your life and use it, and begin to use that faith in your day-to-day -day life, whether it's with your just a conversation, fathers establishing authority in your home, establishing a faith uh, in your children and using that and activating it. Faith is a trust and or a belief in God. How many times do we really second guess what God's doing in our life? And really, it's human nature. It's not something to, you know, get bashed over the head over, but a simple reminder today. You have a gift of faith that was given to you Activate that belief and activate that trust in God today. The enemy wants you to second guess your beliefs. The enemy wants you to turn your back on those things, on those hard days. Like Pastor Lewis talked about, it, 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 sometimes it seems harder than it should be, right? And you just go, gosh, I mean, I followed Jesus because it really seemed like this kind of awesome glimmer, you know, sparkle rainbow thing. And really... <laughs> 
this is hard work. This is hard work. And you guys, that's why I had the boxing gloves out because I'm going to tell you, in my journey, I've done more boxing than I have, you know, sparkle, glitter, rainbow stuff and more fighting with the sword, which is the word of God, a double-edged sword that pierces through bone and marrow. It pierces through even the finest thing using the word and being able to have that and knowing the advantage that you have when the enemy comes up against you. And it's a value and you need to understand who you are in Christ and the tools which you've been given. This gift of faith, activate it. Begin to activate it. So as I continue to share and speak today, I want you to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and ask him, where do you need to activate some faith in your life today? Because honestly, I can share my own experiences. I can have a cool song and lights. But really, this is about creating a space for the Holy Spirit to speak to you. This is about creating a time for you to be challenged and for you to activate something new. So when you walk away from this place, it's not just a gathering, but it's an experience with your Heavenly Father. And as we honor fathers today, what greater way to honor our Heavenly Father than to really be who he's called us to be and really make him proud, really make him proud. And so... um, When my kind of my faith journey, just like a little snippet, my faith journey began, I was born and raised in the church, pastor's kid, kind of the the classic story. Although I'm pretty proud because there's a lot of classic stories of pastor's kids who really just walk away from God. And I'm going to say, I'm a pastor's kid who loves God. I'm a pastor's kid who serves in the church and continues to serve in the church and raises my kids to serve in the church. Because I was raised in a home that really valued a true relationship with God. And when I gave my life to the Lord at a, you know, a, a vacation Bible school, year after year after year, because I was super passionate about it, <laughs> and I got baptized and I got filled with the Holy Spirit, which could be a whole other message that I would love to preach sometime. The power, the power of the Holy Spirit, it's something really awesome. Um, then it was when I was 12 years old that I began to ask, what do I believe? Why do I trust? I I think I trust, but why? And I had some really awesome people in my life, mentors, women who just poured into me when I would ask questions, family members when I would seek them out. But I'm gonna tell you something. True nutrition from food can only benefit your body if you take it in and you ingest it right? So you can look, you can come to church all you want, but if you don't actually take it in and apply it to your daily life, you walk out with nothing. You'll walk out feeling empty. And so I want to encourage you as I was, as a 12 year old began to prayer journal, I had a really busy, I have a really busy mind. (laughs) I'll just say nothing changed since I was 12 really, but, um, I have children now that I raise, so that's changed. But, um, I just figured out, I was like, I can't pray. I can't read my Bible. It's hard to stay focused. I mean, really, for lots of people, I'm sure. So I just began to journal and write down, slow my mind down. And I just began to do that on a regular basis to build my own connection with my Heavenly Father and build my own relationship. So if there's any young people here where your parents bring you to church and you've just kind of been like doing the whole thing, ask God, why what do you have for me? What am I doing? What, what's, what do you have for my life? And seek him out for yourself. 
Because God has a calling and anointing for you individually and not just a mom or a dad or a a guardian, but for you. And so as I began to do that, um, I was just, I, I fell in love with God. I really did for myself. And when I was 16 years old, I felt God tell me, I was at a youth conference and um, I felt God tell me, I want to call you to the ministry. And so because I had been raised in the church and raised in pastor's homes, I knew exactly why I was going to say no. <laughs> I knew exactly why. I had battling. I had been battling that for about a year. Since I was about 15. And I knew exactly. I was like, Lord, yeah. I already put that on the table and said, I don't want to live that life. That's a lot of giving. <laughs> That's a lot of sacrifice. And seems like not much gain really, from the outside, because I hadn't lived it for myself. I just watched, you know, my parents and family. And so, really, God just showed me this vision of what my life would look like if I went that path, and there was going to be heartache. There was going to be wealth. There was going to be lack. There was going to be friendships, deep, wonderful, celebrated relationships. There was going to be loss. There was going to be wins. There was going to be all these things, and God's like, hey, this is what the road will look like do you want to come with this road? And I really prayed. And I decided, yeah, okay, I'm going to do it. And I was 16. I was in that auditorium. And I gave my entire life to the Lord. My husband that I didn't have, I wasn't dating, didn't have a husband or anything, I gave him to the Lord. My children that I didn't have, I gave them to the Lord. Cities I would live in, places I would go, things I would own, I gave it all to the Lord that day. And it's been that journey that I trusted God. I believed God that he said he would do what he said he would do what he said he would do. His promises are yes and amen. And then a few years later, and as I sought God, and I was very specific in the way that I, that I went after him, and I went to an internship and Bible college and all the things because I knew what I wanted. I wanted what God had for me. And so as I sought him out, then I became um, part of a church plant team to go to Washington, D.C., which was super, super awesome and exciting. I'm literally driving across the country to go plant a church in our nation's capital. I had no job. I had nowhere to live. I had a car full of all my stuff and my dad driving me. And he's like, what are you going to (laughs) do? And I'm like, I don't know, but God's called me. I don't know. And God really orchestrated. And that was the beginning of what my faith journey started to look like, was trusting God when I didn't know exactly how it was going to turn out, but knowing that he was going to be faithful. And, and he was so faithful, you guys. Every need that I ever had, I was met. I was always taken care of. I got a great job, was a part of a great team. I learned a lot, and it was really awesome. And we all have a call, you guys. We all have a responsibility in the kingdom. We all have a place in the kingdom of God, which God has for you and you and you and you. And you have to find out what that is. And you have to ask God for that to be revealed to you. And you have to follow it regardless of what you see. Fathers, you have a responsibility to set um, uh, the tone of following after Jesus in your home. Mothers, you have a responsibility to set the tone of your home for love and peace and whatever that is. And let's just be honest, in our culture today, as we search for gender equality, we're really losing the quality of each gender. And we need to be able to understand what the word of God says, who you are, and what you're called to, and begin to differentiate between what the world says and what God says, and understand what you are called to do. Amen.
We have to activate that faith in our life, understand who we are, and go after that, regardless of what we see. How can we grow our faith? Okay, we understand what faith is, how God wants to use it in our life, but how can we grow? In Romans 10, 17, it says, so faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. The word of God. Hearing it and hearing it and hearing it and hearing it. You want to see faith activated in your life? Open your Bible. Okay? There is no other. Stephen Furtick has a word which is so great, but it's not what you exactly need for today, okay? You can't live off of his word. You can't live off of Pastor Doug's Sunday message all your life. You need to open your Bible church, and you need to understand what it is that God is saying to you. And the faith, the rhema word that he's wanting to activate in your life. Today, there is a time and there is a place that we need to go, and we need to dust off those shelves, dust off those Bibles that are on the shelves are hidden under our bed like contraband or something. This is a free country, guys. We get to use our Bible however we want. I get to talk about it in a microphone. We don't have to huddle into church in a secret place. This is America. We get to have the privilege of using our Bible to, to enrich our lives and to have a cultivated relationship with our Heavenly Father in freedom. No, no condemnation or um, no conviction of outside, you know, uh, government or anything like that. And and yet we live kind of like, it's just like this hidden secret sometimes. And I want to encourage you to begin to activate that faith in the word of God and opening those pages to your life and allowing God, allowing the Holy Spirit. And when you, if you open your Bible and you read it and it seems boring, just ask God to not make it boring. It's pretty simple. I mean, this is one of the things that I really felt God wanted to encourage all of us in today. Open our Bibles. The other day, Everly, she's my, how old is she? Nine. She's my nine-year-old. And she said, Mom, do you think that God could send someone a letter? And I was like, you know, clarifying question, clarifying question. What do you mean exactly? And so I, she's like, you know, someone opens a mailbox and gets a letter and it's written to them and it's from God. And I said, yeah, I do think God could do that. And I started to think about, you know, well, God doesn't do things kind of out of his character and described kind of the character of the Lord and things that fall under that and things that God does through that. And the Holy Spirit's like, duh, I already sent you a letter. And I began, and I told Everly, I was like, actually, as the Holy Spirit's making me look like an awesome mom right now, like he always does, the Bible, that is a letter from God to you. And you guys, the revelation on her face, her eyes lit up, her little hazel eyes. What? That's a letter? I said, yes, it is a letter from your heavenly father to you. Anything that you think the, what God thinks about you or for you, it's in there. And she got so excited. She was like, oh, he already did it. Yes, he already did it. And one night, this was like a month ago, Calder had come to me. He's my 10-year-old. And he'd come to me the next morning. He's like, Mom, I got really scared in my bed last night. And I was like, oh, dude, I'm so sorry. And, he, and I was like, you know, ha what happened? And he was like, well, I just pulled out my Bible. And I just read it. And I just let God's peace come over me because I didn't want to be scared anymore. And I figured that was just kind of the best way to combat that. Yeah. Guys, he's 10. Yeah. Open your Bibles. 
okay? And one last story of my kids, and I'm not telling you this because I'm like, oh, I'm literally telling you this because children can use the Bible. It is so simple. And fathers and mothers, teach your children to use the Bible. Teach them to open it. Teach them to activate what it says for them in their life. Teach them to go to it for what they need. My 13-year-old, he's got literally 12 and 13-year-old boys in our neighborhood gathered having a Bible study for the last three months in my living room. His idea, he's like, gosh, we should just talk about like scripture verses and stuff. And of course, you know, he's 13, so he's got cool pictures and, you know, the whole pro presenter presentation on the TV and music and lights and the whole thing. But, you know, they're literally opening their Bibles, coming in on their bikes with their Bible under their arm reading the word of God. Kids are getting saved in our living room. Kids are getting encouraged to get baptized in water in our living room. And I'm just like, oh, God is so good. Teach your kids about the Bible. Teach your, your grown-up children or even yourself. Take a moment. If you're like, man, I've kind of been out of the habit of reading my Bible lately, just get into it. Just make it part of something that you do. Fight for it. Fight for that space in your day. Fight for that space in your week. Fight for that space in your month because that is the only thing that is going to get you through the next season that God has for you. Or maybe you can't even get to the next season God has for you because you haven't read the word to find out where he wants you to go. You have to be able to get in alignment with your heavenly father. You have to be able to get in alignment with his word to be able to accomplish that which he has purpose for you. If you are not in alignment, then you're just wandering around aimlessly, like, like doing nothing and feeling like you're doing nothing, tired because you're doing nothing. And, and, and I mean that, like really the, the exhaustion that comes because you're not really in God's will or the lack of provision because you're not in his will, the things like that that can come, it doesn't matter. But you've got to get lined up with what he has for you. Also, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Hebrews 11, 6, with six, without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God has good things for you, church. God has good things for you. And he knows what they are, and he can't wait to release them. I mean, even upon, upon that moment upon salvation, when he can't, he's like so excited to grant you full forgiveness. He's so excited to grant you um, eternal life, and so excited to give you that gift of faith that you can open on the very first day of your experience of salvation with God, and you can have that activated that day. It's super powerful. Um, And, oh gosh, this next verse, it's just going to preach for itself, but then I get to expand on it. It's going to be super fun. 2 Timothy 4, 3 3 through 7, for the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Mm, What? Okay. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them with a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. Or another version says, they'll gather people around to tickle their ears. That's, if that's not our culture right now, I don't know what is. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you, keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. It might be a little harder than it's supposed to be, but you can do it with the Lord. Uh, Discharge all the duties of your ministry, for I am already being poured out like a drink offering. Okay, this is, I was going to tell, this is Paul who's in prison. That's right, I was going to preface this. This is Paul, he's in prison, he's about to die. He's being persecuted for sharing Christ and stuff. So he's talking about, pour it out like a drink offering. It's a very poetic statement of, this is it. 
And so um, he, he's like, the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Even on his dying day, he says, I finished the race. I fought, for the, I fought the fight of faith. I have kept the faith. And there is times right now when we are getting infiltrated by other doctrines, other religions, other ways of thinking, or the lack of religion. No thing can you know, be my God. No thing can my, you know, be over me that you can just pick your own. It's all within. You know, how many times have we really even misplaced that gift of faith and it's kind of been pride where we've put that faith in ourselves? When really we need to put that faith in God and we've miscarried it, miscarried that gift of faith and we've misrepresented it and put it in different things. Um, I think that's all could also be considered idols, you know, where we're putting them before God. But right now, this is a time. This is a time for us to recognize the faith that God's given us, begin to activate it and walk it out because there are so many things that are all around us, teachers telling us, you know, oh, but, you know, it's all the power within you. You have the, you have the resources. It's all within you. And just kind of stroking our egos, tickling our ears, if you will, when really we've got to get back to the Bible. We've got to get back to the truth of really which, who we've been made, created from, our Heavenly Father, and what he has for us to do. In 2 Corinthians uh, 5, 7, it says, we walk by faith and not by sight. We in our flesh, we live by things that we feel, things that we, um, that we see, make things circumstantial, right? And, and you can kind of get distracted by, um, well, things aren't really working right now, so maybe God doesn't love me. Things aren't really going well. Um, things aren't, you know, I, I'm not getting, I didn't get the job I wanted, um, things like that, when really... <sighs> It's, I, as a parent, I can't help but reflect on how many times I have to tell my kids no and how valuable that no is when they don't understand. They think we're taking something away from them when really I'm giving them the gift of, you know, strength or patience or whatever that may be or health because I can't have the third or fourth, fifth donut, you know, things like that. But they, they can be hurt by that. How many times in your life have you been discouraged because God's told you no when really he's being an excellent father and he's being an excellent dad to you and helping you be the person that you're called to be have faith have trust have belief in God he knows where he wants to take you and what he wants to do in your life don't be afraid of stepping out be more afraid of not getting not being where God's called you to be be more afraid of missing out on what he has. Be more afraid of, of not being a part of the, the call of the kingdom of God and not, and not looking into your past, not looking at what you can't do, not looking at where you failed, but looking to God and lifting your eyes. Where does your help come from? It comes from the maker of heaven and earth. And it says and, and in um, Philippians 3:13, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. We can't let our circumstances or our past be our rudder. We need to let the word of God be the rudder for your ship, where you're going, what you're doing, the way that you measure things. Let the word of God, not the things around you, not what people say. And honestly, even people who are meaning well, you know, saying things that are they think are being encouraging or whatever make sure the loudest voice in your life is God's 
the one true voice that you need to listen to. You be the influencer. You take charge. You be the one who sets the pace because you're following after God for your life. And don't get distracted with all the other things. 1 Timothy 6.12, fight the good fight. Hold tightly to eternal life, church. It's time for us to stand. It's time for us to fight. It's time for us to take back what's rightfully ours. What's been stolen? What's been stolen from you? What's been closed out? What doors have been shut that should have been open? Begin to seek God for those things today and let him activate that faith in your life. Let Begin to open up that box today and get that gift of faith and activate it in your life today. Open the word of God and see what God has for you today because there is something worth fighting for today.